Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, July 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Chinese venture capital investment in U.S. biotech companies fell by more than half in the first six months of 2019. German chemicals group BASF says it will cut its full-year forecast. And Deutsche Bank has started calling 18,000 jobs in the most radical overhaul in two decades. Plus, the FT's Kadam Schubert explains the details of the indictment of and sex abuse charges against money manager Jeffrey Epstein. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Chinese investment in American biotech companies has plummeted as the U.S. tightened scrutiny of funding from overseas. Investors from China took part in venture capital funding rounds for U.S. biotech companies worth $725 million in the first six months of 2019. That's down almost 60% from the same period last year, says the Seattle-based data provider PitchBook. In November, Washington began subjecting foreign investments in several kinds of technologies to additional scrutiny. Now, any investments over 5% must be reviewed by the Committee of Foreign Investment in the U.S., or CFIUS. The U.S. has growing concerns over Beijing stealing intellectual property. As one biotech entrepreneur told the FT, investments began to evaporate after this CFIUS program went into place. Chinese funding had been useful in bridging the so-called Valley of Death. That's the area between the inception of a new concept and the creation of a working prototype. U.S. life sciences companies raised $20 billion in VC funding last year, according to PitchBook. It was the highest amount in 10 years, due in part to a record-breaking amount of funds from China. But despite the fall in funding for early-stage biotech companies, Chinese pharma groups have recently been paying record-breaking amounts to license drugs developed by U.S. biotechs. That's because licensing deals don't usually involve taking an equity stake. BASF has cut its full-year forecast, blaming a slowdown in the global economy and in industrial production from trade conflicts. On Monday, the German chemicals group warned that earnings before interest and tax would fall up to 30% this year compared to 2018. That's against its previous forecast for an increase of between 1 and 10%. BASF is the world's biggest chemicals company. It said that profits would almost halve in the second quarter to 1 billion euros. The company said in a statement that the trade conflicts between the U.S. and its partners, particularly China, haven't eased. It added that overall, uncertainty remains high. Last month, BASF said it would slash 6,000 jobs by the end of 2021 as part of a cost-cutting plan. On Monday, it said it still expects to cut those jobs. Shares in BASF in the U.S. over-the-counter market fell more than 5% on the news, which was announced after the close of European trading. Over the weekend, Deutsche Bank announced its most radical overhaul in two decades. The German lender will create a new bad bank, what they're calling a capital release unit, with 74 billion euros of risk-weighted assets. Another part of this overhaul includes letting go 18,000 employees. And on Monday morning at Deutsche's New York headquarters, people arrived at work wondering if they were in the first wave of employees to be laid off. 
There were some people who almost ran past the crowd of reporters. Laura Noonan, the FT's investment and banking editor, was outside the offices at 60 Wall Street on Monday. There were probably about 100, maybe 200 people physically left the building today, so much smaller numbers. That's fairly consistent with how banks tend to do these things when they're not actually closing. These things take time. So just because a few hundred left today doesn't mean that there aren't going to be many more quietly leaving in the coming days and the coming weeks and the coming months. So I think regardless of where in Deutsche Bank you work, and even if your division is actually growing, even if your division is actually safe, this will still go down as one of the most difficult days in Deutsche Bank's history. In terms of the remaining business, Deutsche Bank has said, if we think about New York, they're cutting back certain areas. They're getting out of global equities trading. They're cutting back rates, which is one of the fixed income businesses, and making some other cuts there. But they will be investing in things like technology. They also want to invest in businesses like their corporate finance business in New York, which actually does very well. In terms of corporate finance, Deutsche says that they're they're going to hire people and they're going to expand. Though I think they may face challenges in terms of recruiting there, even if they say, listen, we are committed to growing corporate finance. Because it isn't that long ago that they were committed to growing equities, which they are now shutting. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. New York money manager Jeffrey Epstein has rubbed shoulders with powerful figures for a long time. He was a friend of current U.S. President Donald Trump and has links to former U.S. President Bill Clinton. But the 66-year-old Mr. Epstein isn't just known for his high-profile connections. In 2008, he agreed to a plea deal on state prostitution offenses in Florida. It landed him in jail for a little more than a year, and he had to register as a sex offender. It all stemmed from accusations that he was sexually abusing minors. Over the weekend, Mr. Epstein was arrested on sex trafficking charges. On Monday, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York unsealed a two-count indictment of Mr. Epstein, accusing him of sex trafficking of minors and conspiracy to sex traffic minors. That's Kadam Schuber, the FT's U.S. legal and enforcement correspondent. And the background to this case is for a long time, people have been really outraged at the deal that Mr. Epstein got back in 2008. That deal was negotiated by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Miami, which was then led by Alex Acosta. He is now Donald Trump's Labor Secretary. And basically back in 2008, Mr. Epstein avoided federal charges as part of a non-prosecution agreement that Mr. Acosta agreed. And really for years, you know, people, including alleged victims of Mr. Epstein, were really outraged that they, A, had not got their day in court, and B, that they weren't informed of the deal that Mr. Acosta was negotiating back then. This all reemerged last year when the Miami Herald published a series of articles about the case. It renewed interest in the case. In February of this year, a federal judge ruled that Mr. Acosta had broken the law by failing to inform Mr. Epstein's victims about the plea deal that he was negotiating. There's been calls by folks in Congress, people in media and elsewhere for someone to take a look at this again, for the Justice Department to investigate what happened then and to take further action. What we saw on Monday was the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, which is led by Jeffrey Berman, basically bring federal charges that could see Mr. Epstein put in jail for up to 45 years if he's found guilty. Can you explain why this hasn't gotten the attention that it's getting now over the past decade? 
So I think there's a couple of things that are important to remember here. So one is really over the years, there's been a fair bit of reporting, really highlighting the allegations against this man, um, highlighting the terms of the uh, the terms of his sentence back in 2008, and he served sort of 13 months in a county jail. And then the other thing I think is important is in 2018, we're really living in a different climate and a different atmosphere in terms of how powerful men primarily treat women, how society thinks about allegations and claims being made by women about sexual abuse, sexual harassment. If you think about the world in 2008, it was very different to the world in 2018. So when the Miami Herald last year publishes its series of articles about the case, people were much more willing to believe claims made against a powerful and wealthy man than I think really society was 10 years ago. Kadam, what should we be looking for going forward? The prosecutors in Manhattan are very keen that he is not granted bail. They say he has extraordinary wealth. They fear that he's a significant flight risk. In in court on Monday, his attorneys said that you know this was quote dramatically overstated. That issue was adjourned until Thursday, so we're yet to see whether he'll be granted bail. In the indictment on Monday. Uh, no other people are named. That's very normal for in U.S. prosecutions. They only they don't name people who have not been publicly accused by them. There's also there's not much sign of you know allegations about any of Mr. Epstein's rich and powerful friends. And there's reference to th- three unnamed employees of Mr. Epstein who are alleged to have helped him in allegedly sex trafficking minors. But beyond that, any claims about, you know, the many people that Mr. Epstein has been linked to, those aren't present in the accusations that, you know, federal prosecutors were making on Monday. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell and the Fed's Vice Chairman of Supervision, Randy Quarles. The two policymakers will be speaking about U.S. bank stress tests at an event hosted by the Boston Fed. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.